Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church of Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. You can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any other popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Russ brings us a sermon called God's Joy With Us Always. It looks at how joy is directed more by inward participation in the triune life of God and less by outside events. It comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 55. Hey, you may have noticed something different up here. Um, I mentioned in the midweek memo, there is a pulpit up here. Um, And we'll talk more about that after the first of the year in January uh, when we expected it to come, but it came early. um, And it it was in memory of a wonderful man and his family who gave and was pleased to know that a memorial gift would go towards creating a pulpit for this place. <clears throat> and again, we're going to talk more about it. If you'd like to come up after the service, I'll be happy to show you. There's no secret. Uh, there's, it's just it's a wonderful joy to get to, to share. And the real question is, so when, whenever it comes out, um, what, what do you preach in a brand new pulpit? And I thought, well... This week, this week uh, is the theme of joy. What better, what better topic to talk about? What better, what better theme to, to come to than the work of joy? And then this week happened. And the question became, how could you possibly be talking about joy on a day like today? Didn't you see what was going on in Kentucky and throughout the Middle East and the devastation there? Really? You're going to talk about joy this week? Not to mention all the other things going on, whether there's armies around the world that are poised across borders and ready to create havoc and, and, our, and, and, then, and the suffering that is going on, or, or whether it is all the other things that are going on in our own congregation. Jordan mentioned three different people. I, I think there, there's a, actually a fourth. Marlis is going back and to be with her family for her sister's passing. And, and, and that may not even encompass it all here. So really, this week, this week, you're going to talk about joy? Either that is the most ill-timed and inappropriate topic, or maybe it's the best time. Maybe it's the best time. I'm leaning to the latter. I'm leaning to the latter because, in part, <clears throat> excuse me, in part, there was an interchange between famous author C.S. Lewis and a friend when they were writing about uh, various topics, including prayer. And, and C.S. Lewis had mentioned something about the joy and, and the dance of life. And his friend took him to task and said he was being frivolous. Why would you be frivolous and talk about dance? To which C.S. Lewis, who was not known as a jokester, by the way, he was a pretty serious dude, uh, took his friend to task and said, no, you don't understand. All those things are true, but that's why joy is important. And, And he said this wonderful statement. He just said, listen, joy is the serious business of heaven. Far from being frivolous when we talk about joy, we are talking about what is close to the heart of God. We are talking about 
There it is. We are talking about what God is longing for, looking for, hoping for, working towards. Just a, a cursory look through the scriptures will tell you that. When it talks about God creating and talks about the morning stars singing and, and the heavens are shouting for joy, joy is, is, is woven into the fabric of the creation of the universe. It's woven into the day-by-dayness of, of our universe as well. When it talks about how God has set the sun in the heavens and, and like a strong person, a strong man coming out in, in joy every day as it runs its course. There's joy is built into to the creation. Jesus came for joy. Jesus said so. I came that your joy, you might have joy and your joy might be made full. Hebrews talks about that God, that Jesus went to the cross, endured the cross for the sake of joy. Joy is the serious business of heaven. Joy is the serious work of Christ. And so when the psalmist says, this is the day that the Lord has made, doesn't specify which particular day. It's every day. Every day has been made by God. Let us therefore rejoice. We're getting to something deep. We're getting beyond just the frivolous. We're getting just beyond the surface that Christ is inviting us into joy. It is hard to turn the pages of scripture without stumbling across something about joy and gladness and rejoicing. So if, if that is true, why isn't it more apparent? Why don't we see it? Why don't we experience it more? And I, like so many things, it's because often we, we're looking in the wrong place and we mistake joy for the same thing as happiness. Joy is not the same thing as happiness. Happiness, happiness of course, shows up where you expect happiness to show up, in all, the, in all the usual places, around parties, around celebrations, when good things happen. Joy, ha happiness depends on the circumstances. And when the circumstances are good, we're happy. When our team wins, we're happy. When, when somebody does well that we like, we are happy. We get to celebrate. Happy shows up where you'd expect it. Joy is different. Joy is not the same thing as happiness. Sometimes happiness and joy walk together. They make great companions. It's fun. But joy, joy is about the creativity of God. Joy describes what happens when God gets someplace and God is creating and generating and redeeming. Joy is a byproduct it is, it is the inevitable wake that ensues after God comes roaring through. It's, it's what happens afterward, and the closer you are, the more that you are going to experience it. Joy is not about circumstance. It's about the creative work of God. We recognize it. We recognize what God is doing. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. It's for that reason that the Bible can also say, rejoice in the Lord always. In all things, give thanks, give praise. Not for all things. Sometimes, sometimes we mistake that people will you know, try to cheer you up and tell you and Tell you, you have to be joyful even when things are bad. You have to rejoice. You have to be grateful for all things. But it never says that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's bad theology. That's, that's bad humanity. That's, that's silliness and that's an affront to God. 
We aren't grateful for all things. In the midst of all things, we get to see how God is at work and what God is doing. And so we are able to rejoice in all things because there's no place where God isn't. There's no place where God isn't creating. There's no place where God is not at work. So happiness walks along for a while and then it sits down when things aren't good, but joy keeps going. Joy walks along with sorrow and suffering and anxiety and struggle. Sometimes, sometimes joy comes out like a downpour and you can't, it's hard to avoid it. But sometimes it comes up as just a, a small, a small spring in the middle of a desert, bubbling out from the depths. Sometimes it's hard to find, but it's there. It's there because God is at work. When we recognize what God is doing, that's gratitude. When we begin to participate in that same creative action, that, then we get to participate in the joy of God which explains our passage this morning. We have two, two women. We have Mary and Elizabeth, and they, are, and they are joyous. Why? Because everything is good? No, far from it. It is anything but good. It is anything but happiness. There are all kinds of problems in their world. There is all kinds of problems that's going to come with the news of their pregnancies, let alone their births. And yet it is out of that that Mary is able to say, in the depths of who I am, in the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God, my Savior. In the depths of who I am, because it is in the depths of who I am that I am participating with what God is doing in this world. It's not just that, that I see what God is doing and I'm grateful for it. That's gratitude. It is that second step is when I begin to see that God is working in and through me. And now I participate in the joy of God. Because the mighty one has done great things for me, in me, with me, to me, through me. All of those words are interchangeable in there that somehow I am a part of it. It's not that Mary didn't know that God did great things, but it's this incredible news that God is going to do great things through you. And when that happens, there is a different kind of joy. God does great things. That's kind of God's job description. God does generating creative things. God heals. God works. But working in and through you? It is this recognition. It is this reception. It is this willingness to go along and be part of what God is doing that explains the great joy that is welling up in the desert of these two women's lives. They recognize. They say yes to it. And they recognize that it's happening now. We get to participate in that too, is the message. And that's really the subject of the meditation that, that Randy and Leanne put together in the words of a song based on the joy of the Magnificat. As you watch the images, as you listen to the words, as you listen to the music, Here's a question. Where do you sense that God might be trying to work in you?
your children gather in peace. We lift our praise to heaven. In your temple, all that we seek is to dwell in your holy presence. All the heavens cannot hold your love. How then can you dwell in me? I can only make this one request. Knowing you love me. cannot hold your love. How then can you dwell in me? I can only make this one request. Knowing you love me, all your people exalt you on high. What a kingdom to depart. You left your home in the sky just to live inside my heart. All the heavens cannot hold your how then can you dwell in me? I can only make this one request, knowing you love me. It will always be my one request. Joy is the serious business of heaven. If we take nothing away other than that, this is a good day. But I hope you'll take one more piece of that because not only is joy the serious business of heaven, it is the serious business of our life. And it is something that we get to choose. When Henry Nouwen talks about joy doesn't simply happen to us, we have to choose joy and keep choosing it every day. He's on to something. He's on to something. We get to choose the things that align with what God is doing, get aligned with and participate in what God is trying to do in our life and through our world, and we get to be a part of it. It is the work of God that flows in and through us. And anytime we are doing that, 
and begin to tap into the deep wells of joy that is always here because God is always here. Mary is rejoicing because, because God is doing an amazing work literally in and through her. But that continues after Jesus is born as with raising and, and, and the work of life that's around her. It is the creative expression of giving and creating art, whether it is the music that was here this morning. Uh, or did you see the joy of Allie when she was sharing the thing that was created with the kids and in, in the, in the hallelujah chorus? I can tell you that the person who created this pulpit was full of joy and talked about it as a labor of love in doing that. There is something about that. There is something about when going out yesterday and watching people gather on a Saturday afternoon to create trees in the hallway, decorating them together for the sake of joy of others, that they get to participate in it, large and small. It, it, all, it all is part of the same flow. It is all part of that same creative, generative thing that goes on. And when we find it, when we find that, that place where life begins to flow through us, life takes on a different energy, and it takes on a different flow. When we serve just out of duty, we call it work. When we serve, when we serve out of joy, that's a vocation. That's a vocation. And joy is a part of the creation as well as the product. Wouldn't it be great, wouldn't it be great if there was just some kind of symbol, if there was just some kind of something we could point to at this time of year to remind us of that? Wouldn't it be amazing if, if there wasn't something that we could use and, and look at and say, yeah, boy, I know, you're thinking, the minister is talking about Santa Claus in church. Yes, this minister is. Actually, not necessarily this one, this one, St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas, who is at the core of what we call Santa Claus. I'm going to come back to Santa, don't worry, because this is about joy. And he goes by different names, and Santa Claus, and Father Christmas, and all the other things that go on. But he really was a real person. This amalgamation of what we see today really started with a real person born in the third century, uh, born to wealthy parents, but both of them died. He was an orphan. And this young man took Jesus seriously. It's a very dangerous thing to do, is to take Jesus seriously and as such then saw that he, his, the serious work of his life was to be an agent of joy. So yes, this is the person who, according to all legends, would give his money away and then but wanted to do it anonymously. So yeah, he would come in the middle of the night and he would heard about people, and particularly the first time the story is about a family where, where there was a man who was destitute and was at the point of having to sell off his three daughters in order to pay off his debts, as was done in those days. And in the middle of the night, Nicholas sneaks in and puts money in their shoes. So when they wake up, they're delivered. Or, or as time goes on, doing this again and again and again, he wanted to work anonymously and he would give and he would put money and he would sneak into people's places and put money in socks and shoes and different places. He didn't want to draw attention to himself. He did it out of the joy and the flow of his own life after his death, all kinds of things. He became a bishop, he became a priest, a bishop, became a theologian, 
became all kinds of things. He, uh, after his death, all kinds of legends. One of the legends was is that it was St. Nicholas who would come in the storms and deliver sailors. And so he's the patron saint of sailors. Because when you were in trouble, who was going to notice? Who was going to care? Who was going to come to you? It would be St. Nicholas. Here's this person who sometimes we talk about as if he were the enemy of Christmas. When instead he's likely the best embodiment we have. Because the vocation of Saint Nick was to bring joy. He lived out of service. One of the four habits that we've been talking about as the people of hope is uh, where do you serve? Where do you gather, learn, pray, and serve are the things. And, and it's in this service that, that he found his joy and his touchstone with God. This is where St. Nicholas was a person of hope and a, an example for many then and now. And so even today, yeah, even today, I would say that all the outlets that we have of where we're trying to, to find joy, we, we located in this this character, this, this character called St. Nicholas. And sometimes it's silly. Sometimes it's like this. Sometimes it is, as it's been more and more, it's the guy who comes and brings gifts in, in the middle of the night. And whether it comes on December 6th, as was one tradition, or on Christmas Eve, as it has become the tradition, it's all part of this person's life is dedicated to bringing joy, to meeting needs, to doing it anonymously. And yeah, and yeah, even this guy. So while, while theologians were arguing in the church about the nature of Christ, whether he's human or divine, and how did that work, St. Nicholas was meeting people's needs in the name of Christ. When theologians were arguing about whether we should even be celebrating Christmas, when in America the early church banned Christmas, because it was too frivolous. There was examples of people coming and giving gifts anyway. No wonder, no wonder that a thousand years ago, the third most popular person in the world behind Mary and Jesus was St. Nicholas. While the church was arguing, while the church was fighting, while the church was splitting, St. Nicholas was embodying what Christmas was all about in the first place. This may offend you, and if so, that's okay. But here's the deal. If you, if you don't like that, then it's back to you. How are we going to embody? We don't have to embrace that or that image or any of it, but we do have to embrace that the charge of our life is to bring joy. If we're going to be part of the flow of what God is doing, the generative, creative, then it's up to us. And why, why, why did we assign it to a fictional character? And why do people point to that more than the people who, who live in God's name today? That's the question. It's not whether or not Santa Claus has, uh, has destroyed Christmas, but why is that figure an indictment on the church? How will we this week go out and be that? How will we embody that? Whether it is the giving for us that, that goes on 
And, and so that people get to give and to be a part of it, to help and to generate, to create and heal and, and bring joy anonymously to families and children. Whether it was the, the Salvation Army that was, that was forming around the same time of the, the, the child labor movement, against the child labor movement and trying to help people. And people, they realized that people would give when they put on and dressed up as Santa Claus, that people would give. Whether it was in the year-end giving that people do, we just sent a letter out, and people will do that out of the joy. I know there's tax purposes and all that kind of stuff, but trust me, if you're doing any kind of giving just for the sake of taxes, you're probably missing the whole point. It's because, it's because there is something that wells up that says, I want to do something that blesses other people. Listen to that, would you? Listen to that, because that is the flow. That is the Holy Spirit. That is the work of God. That is the serious business of heaven trying to work in and through your life. And by the way, I'm going to make a prediction. If you go to Kentucky in the next week, you will see people already flocking there. You will find people already strategizing. How are we going to help these people celebrate Christmas when they don't have a home and they don't have anything? You watch. You watch how many people are coming, how many people are strategizing, and they'll do it anonymously, and how can they make that happen? Even as they are doing the same in every area of, of sadness and sorrow and sickness and in chaos, people flock there, flock there, because they understand there's something about joy that needs to happen. Joy is there because God is there, and God is working there, and we can too. We choose joy, and we keep choosing it. And the question is, how will we choose, and what will we choose this week? How will we choose to be part of the creative, renewing, generative work of God? Joy, joy is the serious business of heaven. And at this time, Maybe especially this time, it's time for us to get serious with joy. Would you pray with me? Forgive us, O oh God, when somehow we think, we think that we are doing honor to you by being dour. <clears throat> when we think and have equated holiness with suppressing smiles, when we have found more of what we believe you are to be about in frowning and less in the things that somehow seem frivolous but bring smiles and bring joy and bring lift and bring life. God, this week, help us choose differently to choose to do the things that will bring life. Choose to do the things that bring something new. Choose to do the things that, that correspond to, to the depths of our soul that you might work in and through and your life and your joy might flow in and through. In the name of the one who came for the sake of joy, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. 
Go in peace and have a wonderful week.